it is hard to do your normal everyday life missing somebody. Welcome, friends, to the third season of Heart to Heart with Michael, a program for the bereaved community. Our purpose is to empower our community with resources, support, and advocacy information. In this season, we're going to be taking a longer view of grief. Can we find peace and healing? Is there a way to move on despite our losses? Our guests today are two bereaved mothers, Brittany Ramos and Julie Joyner. Today's show is Helping Families Heal. We'll be talking with Brittany and Julie about dealing with grief in the long term and what they've done to bring peace to themselves and to others. Both Brittany and Julie's families were devastated by the loss of their children. They have come to understand the loss of a child and how it affects families and in so doing have brought their families to a sense of peace and healing. Together, they created a family retreat where other families experiencing child loss can come to honor their loved ones and connect with each other. The Forever in Our Hearts Retreat is free to bereaved families and is a way for Brittany and Julie to help themselves by helping others achieve the healing that they have found for themselves and their families. Brittany, welcome to Heart to Heart with Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about Raiden and how his loss affected your family. Raiden was born in October 2015, and he was born with a heart condition called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. How does that work? That sounds complicated. Bottom line, basically, he was born with half a heart. Uh Um, And actually, people can proceed to live with half a heart. Um, Usually, there's three main surgeries that they have to go through Mm -hmm. um, with other medical things. Um, But we found out, actually, when I was 20 weeks pregnant, that he was going to be born with this heart defect. At nine days old, he had his first surgery. Uh, after his surgery, he had to go, overcome a lot of different things, as most heart babies do. You found out about midway through. So did they give you, was there anyone there who could give you adequate time and information to prepare? Well, from my regular doctor's appointment, when she noticed something at mm. 20 weeks, she immediately sent us to specialist. And... Unfortunately, the first specialist we went to delivered the news in a not-so-nice way, was basically trying to shove Kleenex boxes at me and my husband and asking us why we weren't crying. And we had no idea what hypoplastic left heart syndrome was at the moment, so we hadn't even, you know, been able to process. When we were getting the news about my daughter's heart, uh, she had double outlet right ventricle, and we didn't know really until she was uh, three days old. And the doctor kind of looked at his shoes and said, so, do you have other kids? So I'm very well aware of the role that a doctor has to play at that exact moment. And they're not that good at it. No. Um, And the next day I called my um, original doctor and I told her how awful it was. And so she was able to find us some other specialists. Mm. And on and on it went until I found the perfect fit for me. It was several doctors later. And... um, We actually found a specialist that when I delivered him, I would be able to leave the hospital and go and visit him at Children's because the hospital works well with Children's. Mm -hmm. And so that was a huge perk for me as a mom to where I wouldn't be stranded in the hospital by myself for four days with my baby at a different hospital. I was able to leave, go visit, and then come back to my hospital room. 
Oh, that's very nice. We ended up actually staying in the hospital for 58 days. And after the 58 days, we were super excited because we got to come home right before Christmas. That was our number one dream for him. Of course, we wanted him home before Christmas, his first Christmas. And unfortunately, that dream of ours turned to a horrible nightmare because he ended up passing away early Christmas morning. So sorry to hear that. That's made Christmas very hard for our family, as you can imagine. Um, I know most families have a hard time with holidays and loss. And um, I feel like ours may be just a little extra salt in that wound (laughs) during the holidays for us. Suddenly, you know, everything was turned upside down. And, you know, we went from this life in the hospital and loving these nurses and doctors and creating Mm -hmm. this relationship with them to no more hospital life, no more nurses, no more doctors, um, to just us. You know, in our empty apartment. After you lost Raiden, you created an organization. What's that about? Well, we actually started an organization in honor of Raiden after he passed away. And we call it Raiden's Hope. And our main focus is to basically just bring hope to others. We knew when we were in the hospital that we eventually would want to start something like this. But... We were suddenly inspired sooner than we thought after Mm -hmm. Raiden had passed away. And we started coming up with different ideas that we would want to do. And one of them is we collect some of his favorite things. One of them is his puppy love, which is a soothing, vibrating toy for babies. And we also collect muslin blankets, which are fantastic for heart babies. Why is a muslin blanket so much better for heart babies? A lot of times they get very hot. um, And the nurses would constantly compliment us on our blankets. They loved them because of the lightweightness. They were big. They were easy to wrap around all his lines from all of his medication from his monitors. Um, So that was one of our things we knew, you know, the blankets were our thing and we knew we wanted to give that to others. Mm -hmm. And another thing that we give is the onesies that snap across the side because most of the time heart babies are just left in their diaper and open, you know, no shirt, no onesie. And the, side snap onesies are actually able to fit on most of them because it can snap around their lines. And so I know for me as a mom in the hospital, that gave me a little bit of normalcy, if you would, um, in that situation. And so we just strive for that and strive to help others fill that. So you distribute these things now? You, you're you in the hospital and you, you come up and distribute them? Usually we do like a fundraiser or I collect the items, however people want to donate or give. Mm-hmm. And usually I set up a time with the social worker at Children's. And we usually go up as a family, um, me, my husband, my stepdaughter, and we deliver the items in care packages. Sometimes we are able to 
give to the families and just depending on what's going on on the floor that day, sometimes the social worker just collects the items. Well, that's very nice. And I'm sure it makes a big difference because a lot of these families like you are just starting out in their first days of a very, very long trip. And it's nice to know that there's somebody out there who can give them a little friendship, a little hug. It's very nice. It's been very healing for me and my family to be able to do something like that in honor of him. And there's a few other things we've been able to do. We've been able to do little treat bags for Halloween for the families that are in the hospital. We have also recently helped a single mom that had a toddler at home, but had a heart baby in the hospital. And so that was something we were able to do was give her some items that she needed for the baby. We were able to help her with childcare for the toddler Um, we were also able to help throw him a second birthday party because he had Mm. his birthday while the baby was in the hospital. So we helped fund that. And we were also able to help her contact other nonprofits that could help her pay some of her bills. So already there, I mean, before we talk about your next big project, you're already thinking in terms of the entire family. Yes, because it affects everyone. Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. Hi, my name is Jamie Alcroft, and I just published my new book, The Tin Man Diaries. It's an amazing story of my sudden change of heart as I went through a heart and liver transplant. I can think of no better way to read The Tin Man Diaries than to cuddle up in your favorite Hearts Unite the Globe sweatshirt and your favorite hot beverage, of course, in your Hearts Unite the Globe mug, both of which are available at the Hug Podcast Network online store, or visit heartsunitetheglobe.org. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Michael. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Michael's program, please email him at michael at hearttoheartwithmichael.com. Now, back to our program. Before the break, we were talking with Brittany Ramos about losing her son, Raiden, and how she created an organization in his honor. Now I'd like to welcome Julie Joyner to the program. Hi, Julie. Nice to see you. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here. Tell us about Corey and Casey and how losing your children affected your family. We had our second daughter, Corey, in April of 2013. Soon after her birth, at about four days old, Corey underwent open heart surgery to have a pacemaker put in. And she had a heart condition called long QT syndrome, which was a genetic arrhythmia disorder. It can cause sudden cardiac arrest, basically. Yeah. So we spent nine days in the NICU. Everything went great. She was probably the healthiest baby in the NICU, I think, the biggest baby. 
after the nine days, they said that we were good to take her home and just treat her like a normal baby. So that's what we did. Um, we never expected anything to happen. We were in complete la-la land, I think. We took her to the doctor's appointments. She passed all of her tests or screenings. So we never expected anything could go wrong. I took her one day to grandma's house. And while she was at grandma's house sleeping, she went into cardiac arrest and um, passed away. So sorry to hear that. And grandma had to um, perform CPR on her. And we were at work, so we had to rush over there. And um, here, I don't know about anywhere else, but they don't um, call the death of a baby at home. They make you go to the hospital. We took her to the hospital. And once we were at the hospital, as soon as we walked in, they were able to tell us that um, she had passed away. But I think that she had passed away long before then. After her loss, it was hard for our family to maintain everyday routines. Like, we stopped reading sure. doing bedtime stories and eating dinner together. And, and we had to tell her older sister, you know, that she wasn't coming home and she didn't really know what was going on all day. I had to have somebody else pick her up from school. And so how old was she? She was four. And we didn't even understand what was going on. So it was hard to explain to her when she had yeah. questions when we didn't really have all the answers either. I went back to work right away because I just felt like we needed to get some kind of normalcy. We didn't really heal or know what to do. We didn't have anybody to ask or turn to. Um, <laughs> So time passing by or whatever, I decided to, or we decided, me and my husband decided to have another baby. And we had to have um, IVF to have this baby because Mm -hmm. of Corey's heart condition. So in 2015, we we had Casey. And Casey was perfect, healthy, no heart condition, no heart problems. So we, the doctors told us we shouldn't have anything to worry about. The odds of this happening again were like one in a million. So we proceeded with treating her like a normal baby. And then in October of 2015, she passed away also at grandma's house. Oh. After she passed, it was hard to even go to my parents' house anymore. And. Sure. We, we always did all of our family functions and everything over there. So that affected our family. Um, grandma didn't want to watch my older daughter because she was afraid that something was going to happen to her. And then I had to tell our older daughter again, you know, that she lost her sibling and had to explain that. And she wanted to know why and how she could lose two. After you lost both Corey and Casey, you created your organization. Can you tell us what that was about? I created the Corey and Casey Foundation in November 2015. Basically, right after Casey had passed away, I knew that I wanted to do something and help other people because I didn't have anything. When we lost Corey, I don't even think I went to my first support meeting until like a year later. I didn't know that even was existed or that was a thing. And um, it was super expensive. I knew that we wanted to do something that helped people pay for 
funeral expenses and medical bills. And then we also um, wanted to send care packages to other moms that had lost because we received a whole bunch of care packages. Oh, that's nice. And then we started doing um, retreats for uh, moms. And then recently we just added the family retreats. What was that like? What, what happened there? The mom retreat was amazing. We had about 15 moms. Mm-hmm. And we all came together and made items in honor of our children. It was basically like a craft retreat and getaway. And I helped moms make like shadow boxes and memory keepsake items. Uh, and that was very successful. Yes, it was very successful. And Brittany couldn't come because uh, she was having uh, her little baby. So when we first yeah. arrived to the retreat, we were all pretty much uh, strangers. And, um, but by the end of the retreat, we had created this friendship and this bond. And a lot of us are still friends today. We have a connection that we can be like, oh, remember when we did this? I was five hours old when I had my first surgery. The only advice I can really give someone like that is to be there for your family. This is life and you have two choices. You either live it or you sit in a corner and cry. I am Anna Jaworski and the host of Heart to Heart with Anna. Join us on Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time on Spreaker, our blog talk radio. We'll cover topics of importance for the congenital heart defect community. Remember, my friends, you are not alone. If you've enjoyed listening to this program, please visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.org, and make a contribution. This program is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to educate, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at congenitalheartdefects.com. For information about CHD, hospitals that treat CHD survivors, summer camps for CHD families, and much, much more. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Michael. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our program, please send an email to Michael Lieben at michael at hearttoheartwithmichael.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Michael. Before the break, we were talking with Julie about losing her children to long QT syndrome. Now we have Julie and Brittany together in the studio. Both of you had the same experience, losing a child and then deciding to create a nonprofit organization to help keep your children's memories alive. Can you tell us how the two of you found each other? We were actually both invited to attend a retreat for moms that had experienced child loss due to heart issues. So with that invitation, we both seeked out on social media the other moms that were attending and we actually realized that we both lived in Texas. And as big as the state is, we actually live fairly close to each other. She's in Houston and I'm in Dallas. So it's just a hop, skip and a jump to each other. So we actually ended up meeting each other before we actually went to the retreat. Uh, I just want for people who don't understand Texas, a hop, skip and a jump for anybody else is like a three or four hour car ride. And that's just fine. Uh, Yes, that's about right. So how did you decide to bring your organizations together? 
We decided to bring the organizations together because we were both small and up and coming. Mm -hmm. And we felt like we could help more people by working together. Brittany and I were both fortunate enough to attend those retreats. So we had some experience on what to expect and what we wanted to do and bring home locally. And then because we are both educators, we have that nurturing gene in us and we want to help everyone. You obviously have have found a sense of healing, the two of you, through your own work and through the things that you do. And you have a sense of healing that involves the whole family. Give me a story about how that happened at the retreat, how you helped somebody else. I think as the retreat started, um, there was a song that I wanted to put in and we played that song and that was kind of the start of our weekend. It was an emotional song that we could all connect on. And throughout the weekend, it went from complete strangers, but in that instant of knowing that we all had the same pain, just that comfort of being around each other, you just know each other on a deeper level than you can connect with most people. And so as you could see families opening up and sharing and husbands saying things that maybe their wives have never even heard them open up about and just the healing process as we could see it happening with others and their families, that was very awesome for us. You've gone through a, a certain process of, of healing. Did you relive that when you watched other people do it? Absolutely. I think one of the parts of healing for me, a huge part of it is helping others. And as I help others, every time I'm talking to another mom or another parent or a child that has experienced loss, I myself am healing within that moment. One of the things that um, we've learned here through this program of the last couple of years is that people reach a moment when, after a terrible loss, they need a reason to get out of bed. They need a reason to go forward. And there's a certain growth that happens there. For me, for example, it's this program. Do you think that the people who attend your your retreat have that growth spurt right in front of you? Is that what you're watching? Absolutely. And, you know, like Julie said earlier with her mom retreat, um, Mm -hmm. the family retreat is the same. We're still very connected to all those families. And actually, um, this past month was my rainbow baby's second birthday. Uh And one of the families that attended the retreat, they came to his birthday party because we are now family friends. And so, being able to heal together and do life together is an awesome thing. And, you know, we have message boards together where we all can go to and talk in a safe place. That's really marvelous because you talked before about having all of that support suddenly ripped away. And now you can give that support to other people. I think that's really marvelous. Julie, can you tell us about coming to a sense of peace? Just being able to listen to somebody um, and support them by listening is peaceful, you know, to me, like it was so hard not to have anybody to talk to 
So if I can just be somebody's ear anytime, any day when they need somebody to talk to, that's one of the things that brings me peace is taking that time. But also the family retreats, it was amazing seeing the guys bond together because usually there's not anything for the guys and the kids that, you know, the kids um, were able to talk about their siblings and feel comfortable. It was an honor, you know, to help other families also get away and have a vacation because it is hard to do your normal everyday life missing somebody. So you were able to be outside in the country and do all kinds of family things that people neglect because of the everyday life of working and school and all that. I think that's really amazing that you're doing that because people tend to go inside themselves when they have a tragedy and to purposely go and, and, and grab and hug an entire family is something that I haven't seen done in other places very often. I've seen it a little bit, but mostly there's immediate grief relief for parents and they sometimes don't take into account that there's a whole system. There are these concentric circles that go further and further away that still affect people. One of the things I noticed when my daughter died was that my nieces began to write about it on, on social media. And I realized this is big because we lost a daughter and my children lost a sibling, but our nieces and nephews lost a cousin. And you don't always think about how wide this family can really go. And I applaud you for, for taking that into account. You know, Michael, something I would like to add is a lot of times when we're trying to outreach to these families to get them to come to a retreat or to experience this healing is a lot of people are very uncomfortable in in that process of even mm. taking that step out. Sure. And I would just like to encourage people to, you know, reach out, to st- take that step because even though it might sound like, ooh, I could get sad. Oh, I could cry. Oh, I'm not sure if I want to talk about those things. When you're there with other people that can relate to you, there's just this safe zone. Mm-hmm. And there's so much healing that happens in that. And I'm very grateful that I've been able to attend retreats. And with this family retreat, it was awesome to see the families connect and open up with each other. Did you find that one of the reasons people are afraid to come out is that the the fear of healing might mean they felt guilty about feeling better about their lives? Absolutely. I think that's always a thing with grief and especially having other children. Um, is it okay to laugh? Is it okay to have a good time? You know, and a lot of our retreat is having a good time is reconnecting with your family. We play a lot of games. We do a lot of fun activities um, because that's part of the healing too, is being able to laugh again, being able to find joy. You know, you're never going to forget your child. You're never going to be okay about the fact that your child died, but it's okay to live with that grief and find that balance. Well, I want to thank you both for being with us, Brittany and Julie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us. That concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Michael. 
I want to thank Brittany Ramos and Julie Joyner for sharing their thoughts on healing with us. And I hope their stories have brought some hope to you who are listening. If you'd like more information on the Forever in Our Hearts retreat, it has its own page on Facebook. You can look it up there. Please join us at the beginning of the month for a brand new podcast. I'll talk with you soon. And until then, remember, moving forward is not moving away. you again for joining us. We hope you have gained strength from listening to our program. Heart to Heart with Michael can be heard every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next time when we'll share more stories. Mm-hmm.